0: This is the Better Than Before Betrayal Podcast, Episode 13, Buffering and Addiction. Have you or someone you know experienced betrayal from a husband's pornography use, sexually compulsive behaviors, or other forms of infidelity? Hi, I'm Ruthie. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a life coach certified through the Life Coach School. In this podcast, I will share my experience of growth and healing, as I have learned tools and concepts to help me take responsibility for my own happiness, find peace, confidence, and become a stronger version of myself. Come with me and let me show you how to have a life that is better than before betrayal. Hi there. I hope you are doing well and learning from what I'm sharing on this podcast I hope that today's episode will be helpful to you in how you think about yourself and about your husband, and that you will gain a greater understanding of yourself and of your husband. This is Buffering Addiction and Allowing Urges, Take Two. I recorded this content a few days ago, and when I was done, I had an unsettled feeling. I thought that... (coughs) Excuse me. Maybe you would think that I was minimizing your husband's and my husband's behavior. So I'm doing a do-over. The things that I'm going to share today are my thoughts and opinions. Other people share these thoughts and opinions. Others may not. You may not. And maybe you will. I hope that you'll listen and at least ponder and consider what you think and believe. Today, I'm going to talk about buffering addiction and allowing urges. These concepts and terms may be familiar to you. In case they're not, I'm going to define and describe and share my beliefs. Again, you may think differently, and that's okay. Just hear me out. I use the terms addiction and compulsivity because those are the terms often used when we talk about unwanted choices or unwanted habits, not because I believe they are the best terms to use. So here we go. First, buffering. What is buffering? Numbing is another word for buffering. It may be easier to identify or recognize. Buffering may be something that you know a lot about. Maybe you've never heard the term Buffering is when we use external things to change how we feel emotionally or inside. It is something we do to keep from fully experiencing our lives, to hide from or avoid reality, to avoid or hide from our feelings. We don't want to face the truth of our lives because we don't want to experience negative emotions. We want pleasure. We may eat, shop, scroll social media, binge Netflix, work out, clean, or sleep. Anything to escape reality, to avoid facing what we don't want to face, to numb out. We get a a dopamine hit from these pleasurable things. We, We all buffer, and I'm not suggesting that any of these things are bad in and of themselves. In fact, many can be very helpful, useful, and even necessary. So when is it a buffer and when is it not? First of all, notice the why you are doing it. Are you eating because you're truly hungry or are you bored? Did you just see or think of something yummy? The power of suggestion is very real. Are you worried? Are you tired? If we slow down and try to become aware of what we are feeling, what we are thinking, we can become aware of when we are buffering. If on the other side of the thing we feel shame, if it doesn't line up with our goals, with what we wanted to get accomplished, then we are probably buffering, procrastinating, numbing. How do you know if it's a buff- it's buffering? Does it cause a result that you don't want? It really comes down to this. You buffer to numb out an escape feeling. This doesn't serve you. If eating Oreos, one of my personal favorite buffers, gives me the result of a stomach ache or the inability of fitting into my genes the way I'd like to, or any other, undesired result. I can be pretty sure it's a buffer. So this is what it looks like in my life. I'm feeling bored. I have a break from work, so I decide to eat some Oreos. Am I really hungry? No. I'm just feeling kind of blah, and some Oreos would give me a sugar fix, a dopamine hit. That is buffering. I eat the Oreos to feel something different than what I'm feeling, and it works. And then I wish I hadn't eaten the Oreos, not because Oreos are bad, only because I know I don't want the effects of the choice I just made. Sometimes it looks like this. I decided I'm going to eat four Oreos. I have a little teacup. I pour about four ounces of milk into the teacup. I dip my Oreos in the milk delicious. It's the only way I really use milk. Now, when I realize that my Oreos are gone and there's still milk in my teacup, I sometimes go to the pantry and get more. Sometimes the package is just right there on the table. And as I am putting Oreo number five, six, or eight into my mouth. I'm thinking, I was only going to eat four, and here I am, eating another one, and another one, and another one. Why? When I eat more Oreos than I planned, I'm choosing outside of my integrity, because I told myself I was going to eat four. When I eat more than I determined that I would eat, that is buffering. So, am I never supposed to eat Oreos? Maybe, if that's what I choose. I'll tell you now, I'm going to eat Oreos sometimes. Because I like them dipped in milk. Will I be buffering when I eat them? Maybe, sometimes. I'm human, and I'm going to buffer on occasion. Most often, I hope I'm going to eat Oreos when I plan to. And I'm going to try to be aware of what I'm doing, and most of the time I'm going to choose my to live my life aware and make choices from my higher brain. I want to be willing to feel my emotions instead of numbing out with Oreos. It's good for me to stop and get curious about why I'm wanting to eat the Oreos, and when I choose to do what I decided ahead of time, I build more trust in myself. When I don't, it chips away at that trust. It takes honesty with yourself and self awareness. Do you overdo something? Be honest with yourself. What is your vice? What is your buffer of choice? Are you aware? Of what you do to buffer? I'll tell you another one of mine is podcasts. But podcasts are so helpful, my brain tells me. I'm learning useful information. And this is true. Our mind is tricky and we have to be on to ourselves. Many times I listen and it's not buffering. And sometimes I will listen to podcasts or an audiobook to keep my mind busy so I don't have to be alone with my thoughts. How do I know the difference, you may ask? It is in the willingness to pause and pay attention to your why. If I'm trying to avoid a feeling or a task that I just don't want to do, it's buffering. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, podcasts and Audible make it possible to multitask. Although some of my work needs my full attention, sometimes I'm tempted to listen just a little longer, even when it's time for me to start working. The way to stop buffering is to be aware of your thoughts, be aware of the discomfort you are avoiding, and willing to feel our emotions and process them, and do the things we committed to do. So what negative consequences can come from listening to podcasts, books, exercising, or cleaning? Again, it isn't the thing. It's what we are trying to escape from. It is the result on the other side of the thing. I was coaching a client that used cleaning as a buffer. She discovered as she paused and became more aware that she was using cleaning to avoid spending time with her kids. Her kids. She valued spending time with her children. And although she wanted to prioritize her children over cleaning, cleaning gave her a dopamine hit. She enjoyed it more than playing with her children. And that doesn't mean she doesn't love her children. It means that she was avoiding something more challenging for her and doing something she enjoyed. Most of us value a clean house. So it seems like a good choice to make, right? It is a buffer when it stands between you and something you value more. You may ask what's wrong with watching Netflix or scrolling social media, and I say nothing. If you find yourself spending more time there than you planned, or when you see that you are turning to it to avoid doing something else you committed to do, then it's buffering. We buffer to avoid pain or discomfort. So when we stop buffering, we're going to feel pain and discomfort. Avoiding doesn't make it go away. Buffering just helps us to not see or feel it. And there are always consequences for buffering. The key to knowing if you are buffering is to ask yourself why you're doing it. (coughs) Excuse me. Are you trying to distract yourself from doing or feeling something that you don't want to do or feel? Only you can say if you are buffering, really. Ask yourself, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What am I trying to get away from? Am I trying to get away from something? As I was talking to a friend, she shared a quote that was applicable to this topic. She didn't remember who, it, who said it, so I looked it up. And here it is. It was Elder Uchtdorf. <coughs> Excuse me. It's, he said, It is said that any virtue, when taken to an extreme, can become a vice. So we need to know what we value, know our priorities, and work to do our best not to be perfect, but do our best to make the choices that align with our values. Not always an easy thing to do. We are human, we are going to buffer. It is the awareness that we are buffering that can be so powerful. When we pause and take notice, we will learn when we are buffering. Then we can make our choice. Maybe we will choose to feel our feelings instead. As we are willing to do this, we will learn to live our life with more awareness, to live more fully. Consider that each choice brings self-respect or regret. That may seem a little dramatic when I'm talking about cookies. It's true, though. When I do what I say I'm going to do. I build trust in myself, self-respect, and confidence. So now I want to switch gears and talk about addiction. This is the part that I was concerned about with my previous recording. I shared some thoughts, and I wanted to make sure that I emphasize some of my points more strongly. Again, I use the term addiction and compulsivity, because those are the terms often used when we talk about unwanted choices and unwanted habits, not because I believe that the best terms to use. Our brain doesn't like feeling uncomfortable. We think we should be happy all the time. We want pleasure. So when we aren't comfortable, or happy, or feeling pleasure, our brain offers us ideas to do something else, to do something that will make us feel better. Buffer. Give us a dopamine hit. Really, this is what addiction is all about. Your husband's pornography use is about his inability to sit in discomfort. It may be his buffer of choice. When we understand that we all buffer, it helps us to have more compassion for our husbands. Now, I'm absolutely not suggesting that pornography is equal in its effects as shopping, social media, or eating Oreos. It is not. The seriousness of the impact, the implications, the lying, the deceit, the damage to relationships, the spiritual distancing, is not to be compared. And I'm not suggesting that you should be okay with your husband using pornography as a buffer. Absolutely not. The why is the same. The consequences are not. What I'm hoping is that you understand why he makes his choice. He's using something external to change how he feels internally. He turns to something that he knows will work. Something that he has formed a choice habit of doing. Your husband was likely exposed to pornography at a young age. He may or may not have known what it was. He may have been older and fully aware. He may have been curious about it. He probably liked it. He may have been filled with shame. He may have believed that he was a bad person because he liked it or because he was curious. He likely didn't tell anyone. He definitely got a dopamine hit. And so he was introduced to a friend in pornography, something that was there for him, readily available, something that he could turn to when he wanted to feel better. Is it an addiction? I don't think so. I believe it became a choice habit and a very powerful one as they turned to it again and again. I have told you before that my husband chooses to refer to himself as an addict. He does so because he wants to always remember that if he gives in a little, he can be dragged down again. He says the flaxen cord is very real. He uses the comparison of the sober alcoholic, an alcoholic in recovery for years, even decades, that takes just one drink could hit rock bottom again in a flash. My husband believes that the thought or label he puts on himself serves him. It reminds him of where he has been and that he doesn't want to return there. I do not refer to my husband as an addict. I believe that he has had a choice habit. When he heard the term choice habit, he liked it. He agreed with it. I don't like the addiction framing, offers dopamine. I believe it's a choice habit. It's how an individual chooses to relieve pain, anxiety, stress, or any other discomfort. Again, it has a very powerful pull, and I don't pretend to comprehend it. I can't know. I haven't experienced it. Pornography use unwanted? maybe, yet on some level they want it. Otherwise, they would not choose it. They want to feel better. And they go to their buffer of choice. They may keep choosing. We may keep choosing unwanted behaviors and call it an addiction or a craving. I don't like how this framing gives the control away. We're always the driver of our lives. Your husband is the driver of his life. The problem comes when we believe that we are powerless over it because it is an quote-unquote addiction and not a choice being made. Calling it an addiction can be just an excuse. It can be used in the framing of being a victim of their own brain. If they are using addiction to avoid taking responsibility for their own choices, that is a problem. There are books that say the brain is altered with pornography use. I believe that their brains are wired the way they are because they answered the pull to view pornography by giving in to it and giving into that habit. They've created the habit. They've created a desire for the dopamine hit. And they go and find it. Our brains are wired to turn to our buffer of choice. Our brains want pleasure and or dopamine. And our brains have plasticity. They are ever-changing. We have the ability to create new neural pathways. We can train our brains. Our husbands have trained their brains unintentionally To offer the idea to turn to porn, they can train their brains to answer that thought, to have the urge, to allow the urge, and not give in to it. As they practice this, their brain will change. New neural pathways will be formed. They will have to be willing to get curious about their thoughts. They'll have to be willing to acknowledge their feelings and to feel them. And it will be Uncomfortable. They need to be willing to be uncomfortable with their feelings. Then they will learn to choose in integrity. Again, you may not agree with me on this. Many professionals disagree on this topic. This framing speaks truth to me. Agency is God given, we are the drivers of our lives. They can't do this alone. They have probably tried. And they've already tried that route and it hasn't worked for them. They're going to need some help and support. Possibly therapy. Possibly a coach. Maybe all of the above. But they can change. I hope that you don't think that I'm oversimplifying this. I hope that you don't get the impression that I believe this is simple or easy. Simple, yes. Easy, no. We are free to choose. Each choice brings self-respect or regret. As we understand these things, I hope that you will have more compassion for yourself and for others. This has been a lot of information today. And so I'm going to save Allowing Urges content for next week, because this episode is long enough. I hope that you will consider what I've shared. If you don't agree, that's fine. I hope that it has at least given you something to think about. I want you, of course, to form your own opinions. I hope that you don't think that I'm oversimplifying the situation. It is complicated. It is hard work, and I believe that we will make more progress from a place of understanding, love, and compassion than from a place of judgment. Thanks for listening today. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining me. I hope that what I have shared today is helpful and hope-filled for you. If you know someone that would find this podcast helpful, please share it. If you are ready for one-on-one coaching to help you take responsibility for your own happiness, to find growth and healing from what you've experienced, please go to betterthanbeforebetrayal.com and schedule a free session to find out how I can help you on your journey. I'd love to talk to you. See you soon.